Welcome to Speaks Louder Than Words, episode 23, and as usual, I'm your host Dave Reed. In this episode, we spent time with Ben Harrison, who is signed to Jay-Z's company, Rock Nation. The list of artists Ben's worked with boasts names like Emily Sande, Rita Ora, and even Rihanna, and you'll get to hear the unusual story of how that came about. As always, find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Warnerchapel UK and on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Warnerchapel Music and don't forget our Twitter at Warner underscore Chapel UK. Chapel is spelled C-H-A-P-P-E-L-L. So here's our conversation with producer Ben Harrison. Cool, thank you very much. Oh, are we rolling? Yeah. Cool. Well, Ben, thank you very much for coming in and speaking to us today on the podcast. Um, we don't want to take too much of your time, but uh, we know that you're a busy man and you've got some exciting ventures off to Norway and things. Um, but we just wanted to speak to you about your songwriting, really. Sure. Um, but we're going to go in with a fairly easy question. Why music in the first place? Why music? Yeah. Why am I working in music? Yeah. Because it's been pretty much my core only passion for the last 15 years. What kind of age was that when you first kind of got the passion? I suppose I was, you know, I was listening to bands and stuff, of course, from 10 years old or 11 years old, but mm. it wasn't until I was like 14 or 15 that really it struck a chord. And I decided that, you know, I wanted to learn guitar. I wanted to be involved in music and mm. writing music and suddenly caught the bug from there, really. What were you listening to at that kind of age? At that time, uh, I think when I started learning guitar, um, I was obviously like listening to Nirvana and, and all the kind of grunge, but Pearl Jam and stuff like that. Um, but also really interested in like a lot of classic rock stuff. So, so Jimi Hendrix <laughs> and uh, The Doors. I feel like I went through these phases of sort of being into like Led Zeppelin and just being completely obsessive about certain bands at certain points in time and really focusing on what they did. So yeah, a lot of a lot of classic rock stuff, I suppose, and which led onto blues and from there a lot of soul and funk music and I've, I've sort of gone through as I say phases of quite a few mm. different styles of music what actually happened because it sounds like some, there's almost like a switch in your life where at 14 15 you just kind of like clocked into music was it yeah. the bands that you were discovering yeah, it, it's interesting I think I've always been uh, artistically oriented mm-hmm. as a person from a very young age I used to do a lot of arts and line drawings and I remember being much younger, I think my family always thought, oh, he's, he's going to be an artist of some kind or he's going to do something along those lines. And then I got to an age where suddenly it sort of lost its appeal. It was, yeah, it was just one of these things where it, it kind of, the, the art thing kind of wore off and uh, I was... I don't know whatever whatever I was doing at like 11 years old I don't know mucking around my friends and playing football was all I was interested in at the time but then it's interesting when I got to about 14 suddenly like a a real kind of desire to create something struck in and um, yeah and that's exactly what I did that's why I learned music or learned an instrument because I just wanted to write songs I think right from the get go I think even without knowing how to play anything I think I was trying to make music i was trying to create right from the start Mm. um 
Can yes. you can you remember those old songs? How do they fare with what you're doing today? Oh, I mean, it'd so be so embarrassing. There must be some recordings. <laughs> uh, I remember I used to make with with my friends. We I feel like a few of us all started learning at the same time. We kind of pulled our guitars together and then we'd sort of just jam in the garage oh, yeah. and, and and get a little tape recorder at the time and just just record and jam along and then play it back in my, my dad's car and it was just horrendous. But you know, we loved it. We yeah. loved it. There's something quite organic about that kind oh, of stuff. Oh, completely, completely. Yeah, real. Because you're just driven by, it's completely, there's no. There's almost no sense to it. It's just passion and just, you're so motivated by it. And you might be able to see your mistakes or, or how much you have to improve, but you just don't care because you're just being so driven yeah. by how much you love it. Sounds nice. Have yeah. you ever lost that passion at all? Do, do you... I hope not. You hope I, think not. I think it's really important to maintain yeah. uh, a sense of enjoyment for what you do. I don't think you can create anything or mm. hope to even make something great if you're not loving it and you're not passionate about it and really feeling it and in the moment of it. So hopefully not. Mm. So what was your first big break? What, what kind of got you out there really? I mean, like regarding the industry, I didn't have a break for, for years till certainly till I was in my 20s. Um, it was really just about, that's when I started learning, I would say, when I started, you know, taking the first steps to understanding songs. And I feel like I, I bought some kit when I was about 18 or 19, sort of uh, got set up with some sort of production software and started using Logic and started making a few beats of my own. And mm. um, I mean, whether I was aware of it at the time, but I, th I guess it was the foundations of starting to produce and arrange songs, you know. Um, and that was that was a big, I feel like that was a big highlight around about 18 or 19, because suddenly it wasn't just about playing the guitar really well um, and, you know, practicing my instrument and playing in the band or whatever. It was about just composing and organizing it on, you know, on the, using the computer and the software and, and plugins or whatever the plugins were of the, of the time you know did you do the band thing and gig with i the did band? Yeah, yeah i did and um i you don't do that anymore i don't know no but so what was what did you learn from that time working with the band i think playing in a band teaches you so much about again arranging songs and, and what works live you hear bands say that the whole time it's so true you get a great way to test out a song is play it live you know, particularly to a room of people who've yes. never heard this song before. You know, it's it's a clear. People will tell you straight after the show, yeah, and that sucked. That was good. Well, you should put that out. You know, you should do more like that or whatever. So it's amazing. I think it's amazing for your confidence at what in what you do as well. It's a kind of validation. Um, even if you're playing small gigs, I think it's it's fun as well. You know, it really it gets you out there. It's you know sometimes you know even producing it can be such an internal thing and there's all this stuff going on in your head and then when you get out there and you're playing shows it's it's suddenly you know music it's real it comes to life did you um produce the band i did you did i did yeah i was it, it was myself and the singer who i was working with and and we started writing the songs together and i feel like 
my ideal situation at the time would have been in my head if we had this if we could just meet these musicians and have this amazing chemistry and then you know suddenly take over the world and just be this the perfect band sort of thing but it didn't work out like that it was more we used different bass players and different drummers because there was always a problem getting them to a gig or you know someone i don't know the bass player you know, had might have had problems with his girlfriend, or he was going back to Sweden, or he was, or something. Something was changing, you know. So there was a lot of um, there was a lot of change arounds within within the band on on quite a regular basis, apart from myself and the singer. Um, and so it made sense to produce the you know the music myself and just sort of use the band for the performance side mm. of things. So. You- you were writing, you were co-writing from an early age then. Yeah. And that taught you how to do that. Yeah. Um, do you like co-writing still? Is that, would you prefer to co-write over writing on your own? Definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah. I think when you team up with someone, one of the most fascinating things about it is how it brings out a different aspect of your personality. And uh, what I've found is, and continue to find is, the better or whether whether better is the right word or uh, the definitely the better the chemistry there is with you and that other person is they can really unlock different characteristics of of yourself and then you just you know you can create something completely mm. unique so did you did you do the whole university thing at all did you go to I went to college to for college. a year at okay. uh, the ACM the Academy of Contemporary Music in mm. Guildford and that was a great year actually that was when I was uh, I must have been in my early 20s at that time I was like 21 and you learnt um, how to produce? Um, it was more an emphasis on on music in general in terms of playing the instrument um, I was still doing the production thing all alongside this um, but it was really just about honing my craft still further in terms of mm being a great guitar player I think at that point I was thinking am I going to do the session thing am I going to go down that route and start playing for you know live for for artists and whatnot um but uh yeah it was a good year anyway it was a great year so what did you do in that time between um, making it into the industry like you mm-hmm. say what were you doing in that kind of time I was I was working very focused with my band for about five to six years, I was with the band and we were doing gigs and just playing wherever we could. Um, obviously, I was doing part of session work at the time as well. Um, and I started working in a studio, in Metropolis Studios during that time as well, hmm. uh, which is what led on to, I guess, what you call my big break into the industry or my first real initial break into the industry. What were you doing in the studio? I was working on the reception desk. Okay. I was doing a, uh, at, at the time, I, I did a few things, a few kind of multitasking things in the studio, but the night um, that, that led to me getting signed, I suppose, I was actually uh, doing a night reception job. It was a Friday night, and I was essentially manning the desk, and it was, uh, and, and, uh, yeah, I was just part past midnight. I would I would play guitar and uh, practice because the phone wasn't really going past yeah. that time. And yeah, that's what. And suddenly, I was approached by uh, 
Jay Brown, and we started chatting and got on well, and uh, it led to me doing a led to me doing a session with Rihanna. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a real um, it was a real one off, real one off. It felt like in some ways. Yeah, I, I just remember. I feel like it was past. It must have been past midnight, and I was practicing. And as I say, Jay Brown came out. We started chatting. Just had a just got on. I just thought this is well. This is a really cool, you know, guy. He seemed completely relaxed with everything. And he said, "Listen, come in tomorrow." And he, well, first of all, I think he said, "You know, how long you've been playing?" And I like what whatever I was playing sounded like at the time. I can't remember what it was. Mm. And he said, "Come in tomorrow, and, and we'll record you, and we'll see what happens." So, working on the next day, were you? writing music or were you just uh, playing guitar for the for the track i feel like um initially i just came in and um obviously i didn't know anyone <laughs> and it was like this fresh face in the studio and i think it was more like we're just gonna vibe with it and see what, what it feels like and i was working with another producer as well a guy called brian kennedy um who was over working on uh, uh, on the sessions uh for, for rated r at the time and uh, which is the album she was on at the time and um I, th- I feel like we just jammed initially as i say and then pretty naturally just started writing music together was rihanna in the studio with you the whole time when you were working she was yeah because yeah. you went obviously from being a receptionist yeah into that situation very quickly yeah how uh, what year was this uh this was 2009 wow yeah around about the summer so uh, i feel like june and about June, July 2009, it must have been. Because obviously by that time in her career, she was pretty huge. Yeah, absolutely. You must have been... How are you, how are you feeling in, inside yourself at that point? Absolutely. Were you confident or were you shaking in your boots? People often ask me this. And, um, and I'm, I think I, sometimes I sound a little slow when I come back with it. But I don't think I fully appreciated what kind of an opportunity it potentially could be. I think I just thought, cool, it felt natural felt uh i guess the way they went about the whole thing or you know to 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 jay's credit it just made me feel really relaxed and i think if the chemistry's there i just think that's the core and it doesn't matter what situation anyone's coming from or or coming into or how much experience those people you might be working with have prior to you yourself if the chemistry's right it works and and everyone feels it you know so Mm. Now I look at it, it's hard for me to remember, but I feel like that kind of overrided any kind of initial nerves or doubt that I might have in, in myself. Cool. You know? T- tell us about the track itself. What's the, what's the name? Tell us a little bit. The, the song was called The Last Song. Okay. And it was the last song on Rated R. And it was written by uh, James Fauntleroy. And yeah, produced by myself and Brian Kennedy. Yeah, it was... It was unbelievable to have your first cut being a, a Rihanna record. Incredible. Yeah. And uh, I remember, you know, I'll never forget you know, when that album came out a few months later, seeing my name on the back of the CD, just seeing your name, you know. And for some reason on that record, they listed all the credits, the writing credits, on the on the, actually the back of the, the CD. This is still when people were even thinking about buying CDs. <laughs> um, it was pretty cool. And so that opened the doorway Absolutely. To, f- to future work. So what happened next? Absolutely. Well, pretty much from that time, I, I'm guessing uh, I was sort of around and just uh, 
they they were there for like another few weeks in the studio and and I was around just doing bits and pieces playing guitar on some tracks and and whatnot and Jay said to me look we've signed this girl uh, this British girl called Rita Ora and uh, we're going to start doing sessions this summer uh, which would have been I guess August 2009 um, and start putting some ideas together for her so we'd love you to to, to come out to LA and um, you know join a what I appreciate now is essentially a songwriting camp and he said we're basically just going to have some of our writers out there and producers and we're just going to we just want you to be a part of it basically Um, so I was like get me there you know <laughs> yeah man you know seriously. straight out i was i was cool. so up for oh it was it was incredible yeah and i feel like if anything that's the part it started getting a little surreal because suddenly i went from you know doing my day-to-day stuff a job in london and playing with my band and suddenly i had to tell everyone sorry gotta go out to la gotta do this you know yeah this session's cool and yeah I did sure enough um, went out in August and I feel like I was there for about five or six weeks and that's a good amount of time as well really good amount yeah. of time and the the level of riders was fantastic you know um, just coming through the door you know you had uh, people like you know, James Fonleroy obviously who I worked with previously um, Andrew Martin um, Akiba Riddick just really seasoned great people professionals and it really was kind of like being thrown in the deep end somewhat but it was a lot of fun yeah it's a lot of fun how did that situation differ from uh, the rihanna situation because it sounds like with the rihanna situation there was already a work in progress Mm -hmm. i'm assuming you're starting from scratch Mm -hmm. with the songwriting camp yeah the the track we did with rihanna was pretty much from scratch as well but um, the way that the camp works, um, well, the, this particular camp worked was there was just a house, um, essentially, that was hired uh, by Rock Nation, and I think there must be four or five bedrooms, and they essentially converted each one into a different uh, studio, mm. kind of small home studio, kind of setup vibe thing going on. So every week or uh, every few days, you know, there'd be a few producers out and new writers coming in, and you know, it was just like a real, uh, I guess, experiment and focused kind of camp to to brainstorm ideas for songs and put material together for for Rita. Well, Rita in mind. What was the um, process? Actually, when you got down to it, what was going on? Um, it was normally me, um, well, as I say, you'd have, you, you had different producers there at, at, at different times, but it was in terms of my writing process, which is pretty much hasn't changed an awful lot since, was teaming up with other producers and just starting to make tracks, um, depending on the writer and how the writers like to work. Some writers prefer to uh, work with tracks which are sort of already written which obviously in my case I didn't really have a lot of material to go by at that point um, pre-prepared so most of the stuff was very much in the moment uh, in fact the track that 
I did, uh, which was a bonus track on her on on Rita's album, uh, was a song called "Meet Ya," again written by James Fontleroy. It was just very much a moment. I remember going up to one of the upstairs rooms and just vibing out an idea. Jay sort of said he had it. He had an, an idea in mind for a, a certain kind of song that he wanted readers to do. Um, and he played uh, Jackson Five on you back. And I just remember hearing that, and thinking, "Okay, that's that's kind of what we what we got to do." And, and then he stopped it, and he was like, "Yeah, just play something." <laughs> so it was like that, and just sort of started coming up with an idea um, pretty quick. I mean, no more than ten, fifteen minutes. Had just an, an arrangement, and then recorded that. And then James, that night or the following night, just I feel like went in and wrote a great song they put a top line on it basically mm-hmm. okay so you helped them with the chords and the progressions yeah yeah that kind yeah, of stuff yeah yeah so um so your process now you said it hasn't really changed no is um is that what you basically do you, you help with the progression um and the arranging of the song yeah and then you get maybe a top liner in yeah to finish off the melody lines yeah. and things i'm not i'm not a lyricist myself do you do but do you write melody lines or anything at all i do i could definitely help with melody lines okay, yeah. and lyrics although I don't write them, are incredibly important to me. So, in fact, more and more important to me, in fact. So, yeah, it's it's really just assembling, helping to assemble the song and laying the foundation of the chords and starting with that. That's, that tends to be where I start with or what I start with. And, and we build from there. So what happened next? When did things really start to take off for you as a producer and... and um, I suppose uh, the interesting thing I think for my case was uh, or in my case is it was so unusual how how I'd gone you know I was based in London and you got to think I was you know I was just at the time working and playing my band and I'd suddenly gone to this situation where um, I had the Rihanna cut and it looked like you know the reader thing had gone really well and I'd written some more songs in that camp and everyone was really happy about that. And so I signed to Rock Nation shortly after that, certainly within two months of, of or three months of coming back from that, that camp and it just felt like the right place to be. So we went ahead with it. And then I was, you know, I was obviously, I came back to London, I was based living in, in uh, and still am living in London. And it was really just about wanting to network and meet with other producers and people who are sort of in similar situations to myself uh, around London. I feel like I got an intro pretty soon after one of those trips and to uh, a producer called Naughty Boy, and uh, who's who's still someone I work with and you know mm. have a, a lot of respect for. And he's know. got a big uh, year coming up for him, hasn't he? He really does. Yeah. He really does. It's really heating up for it's him. It's amazing how many um, artists he's had featured, well, about to feature on his next coming album and things. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I've, I feel like I've seen that record sort of in the earliest of stages, just building and, I shouldn't really say, but sort of changing names, who's going to go on it and, you know, what's going to happen mm. and where it's going to go. But, yeah, it's really exciting. Yeah. It reminded cool. me that um, you've worked with, Emily Sandy. Mm-hmm. How, how did that come about, and what were you doing with her? Well, it was through Shah. It was through uh, it was through Naughty Boy um, that we we sort of made the connection. I think we did a song. Uh, I can't remember what song I'd done with with Shah at the time, but we we'd made a track together and made a song. I feel like yeah, 
It was the August Rigo one, yeah. The See No Evil. Mm. Um, which hasn't been released yet, but uh, Emily heard that song, I feel like, and sort of said to me, she's like, oh, that's, you know, that's a, I really like what you did on that song, and um, so we should do something. So I think there was, she was sort of always around the studio, and I can't remember at what point it was. We did a, we all did a track together for, um, on Tiny's first album, a song called Let Go, which Emily was featured on. And that was the, was the last track on his first, on his, on his album, mm. on Discovery. And that was very much, that was just a link through Shah. I, I feel like I didn't, hadn't even met her when she put the hook down. We did the initial session with myself, Shah, and uh, another producer called Emil Haney. Came up with this cool idea, and Emily did the hook. It's a good track. Hmm. What would you say has been the the thing you've learnt the most? Because it sounds like you've been through different stages. That's a that's, yeah, that's a good question. What have you learnt at each stage? I think it's just been there's so much, so much in the last four years. I think you've just got to be incredibly open-minded and continually stay focused on what you feel is good um, and don't, I mean, it sounds like I'm saying what not to do because I feel like I can also tell you what, what are the things that haven't, I feel like haven't taken me any further, um, which is definitely don't feel the pressure to conform, be aware of what's going on around you, but sort of never adhere to it just stay true to the kind of music that you feel and the way you feel songs should sound um always look for exciting people to collaborate with and definitely people who have different skills to you i think it's so crucial um i think that's what makes music exciting is mm-hmm. that to me anyway it's particularly when you break down walls between different styles of music and you know you might have completely different musical backgrounds but it's amazing how it comes together anything comes together Mm. you know as long as it's good as long as it's quality and you've got the same kind of passion and mindset to to just make something exciting you know so I don't know if that answers your question but I suppose keep it fresh yeah (laughs) don't let the creativity get stale you know, we we really, as songwriters, we rely on creativity so heavily, you know, and there is that pressure to somewhat to, to, to maintain it consistently. And I think that comes from constantly experimenting, working with, you know, you'll find your core people that you like working with or and writers that you like, but always try different people and try different things. Mm. You've got to change things up. Keep it new. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So mm. important. What would you say um, within the music itself? Mm-hmm. What's important to you? Rhythm, lyrics, melody, what progression? I, I think everything is important. I think everything is crucial. I think great songs, which is really what we're in the business of, of making, mm. are that perfect balance of, oh, but this is perfect about the way this is said, the way this is, del- you know, the way this lyric is delivered. You know, it's not just about a good voice, you know, on a song. It's about having about having a good lyric and having... And, and again, a good voice is a very subjective thing, you know. It's about 
having a, a strong mood and uh, conveying a strong message, as I say. Musicality is obviously important, arrangement, um, but it's all just, it's all about the song and the message of the song. And I sometimes say to people, I almost look at songwriting and, and what we do in terms of arranging songs, kind of a pyramid shape. And it's like, you might, even though you start off with, you know, the chord progression, um, and you know the shape of the song the structure of the song or the music at some point you know you're going to want to hear what the writer does and when that vocal melody and that lyric comes in it's all about supporting that and I think certainly with pop music that's the way I think it should be and it's and, and you you're we're kind of the foundation as producers we sort of create that foundation it's our job to inspire writers and inspire whatever emotion is going to come out of the uh, the writer and then as i say you it's, it's all pointing up mm. towards uh that i guess that lyric which is going to inspire the message of the song which mm. is probably going to be you know the thing that's going to stay with people when they listen to yeah. it yeah the emotional side of a, of a song yeah absolutely yeah. what would you say um has been your favorite song to work on what, what's, what I'm going to have to say that the the Rihanna track, even though it, it seems so so quick and it was it was my first thing. I mean, yeah, there's it was incredibly exciting. You know, the whole process of how it worked was incredibly exciting, mm. and I'll never forget it because it was just such a fun time. Um, apart from that. I would say my favourite song to work on. They've all been they've all been great. I mean it's such a boring answer, isn't it? They've all been great. I'd have to say the Emily Sanday stuff, doing doing suitcase and breaking the law. I think those are two really, really strong songs. Super raw. What sets them apart from other songs? Well I'm gonna say her writing, because I just think she's such an exceptional songwriter. And um I remember, you know, I, I put down ideas and, and progressions and that kind of thing a lot of the time. And I feel like, you know, they can be of a certain standard, of a certain quality. Um, and this is sort of back to that thing of, you know, our, our job is kind to, kind of, I feel, to, to inspire the writer and bring out, hopefully, inspiring mood and a lyric and all the rest mm. of it. Um, but it takes an exceptional writer to really take to a piece of music and deliver an amazing song on top of it and uh, Emily I feel doesn't need an awful lot um, in terms of content you don't need crazy counter melodies you don't need a bunch of beats on the track it can be very very simple but it's like the piece of music I think just has to have um, a real quality to it and uh, I think it's yeah, it's it's definitely been an eye opener seeing how she approaches mm. songs. So I'd have to say yeah, uh, working on suitcase and breaking the law in her album. Cool. Are you doing anything? You trying anything new, or have you tried anything new recently with producing and writing songs? In regards to the method of writing. Yeah, yeah, the method of writing. Yeah. Um, not really. I think a lot of the time it, it depends on. I'm pretty adaptable and I think it's more about who I'm writing with. 
sometimes it's a rush and it, and it's really cool and you get an amazing feeling and and can catch a vibe from doing something really quick like in 10 15 minutes you know just churn it out like that a core idea you know sometimes that's really fun other times it's cool to spend a bit more time and and really prepare something and go into the smaller details or you know spend a longer amount of time on it but now i feel I just feel like every situation is so unique in terms of writing, depending on who you're working with, that uh, you you kind of you almost hope you're, you're going to be trying different things out every every time. Every mm. every session is completely different. Mm. Thank you for coming to speak to us. Not at all today. Um, Not at all. It was a real it's pleasure fun. to have you. This the, some of those stories are just amazing. Um, just your break is just so unique. I think it's just yeah, it is. Pretty it is. special. It is. Yeah. Do you do you do you find um, you go into every single day and you look forward to your day and things of who, what's going to happen? Is every day almost a different day to the day before? In terms of when I'm working on yeah, sessions, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say it, it it pretty much is. I think I I'm also conscious that you know I you know sometimes you might just be going to the studio and you might not even have a writer there, but you're just vibing ideas that's, so is that you, is, I imagine that's quite fun it's a lot of fun yeah, yeah yeah I think you've got to have perhaps something in mind that you want to focus on but then the way it works is you, you never know what's going to happen what you're going to create so that's true you can't you know you can't be too strong-willed in in terms of or adamant about what it's going to sound like you yeah. have to sort of go with the flow of it I think the the important thing is just to try and focus on something that's going to be great. Mm. Awesome. That's yeah. Very cool. Thanks for coming yeah. in, Ben, and chatting to us. Not at all. Not at all. I think Ben's story of his lucky break with Rihanna is an amazing one. And I think it speaks of his talent and his confidence as a songwriter that he rose to the occasion and made it work. It just goes to show that luck can get you into the right situations. But from that point, it's all down to you. So, until next time.